Hello and welcome to Living Life in the Word, the podcast. I'm super elated that you decided to take time out of your busy schedule and then tune in today's episode. This is the first time I'm doing something of this caliber, but I know that God is with me, that he is going to be with me through it all. So I was asking the Lord, what would he want me to speak on? And immediately he said, returning. And for this series, it's coming from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 24. For this part, for part one, um, we're just going to read the first three verses. I'm reading from the King James Version. Luke 15, 11 through 13, it says, And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And so the topic today is comfort kills. Comfort kills. What I want to begin with is the idea of home. What comes to mind when you are presented with the idea of home? Do you imagine a warm, inviting place with the the smell of freshly baked cookies in the air? Or, or, or do you imagine a, a noisy, loud place where everyone is just running around and doing their own thing? Either way, we can all agree that there is no place like home. And home is all we know. It's all we have is home. Home is where we can fully be ourselves without any fear of somebody judging us or someone looking at us strange. Well, that's for most people. Some people find that at home, too. But um, it's that place where you should be free to be who you are. Um, When I think of the idea of home, the question just rises. And that question is, what will cause one to leave their own safe place? Home is our safe place. Home is where the heart is. Home is what we can come to. Home is that one base place. Home is that place where you know that you're just safe and everything's going to be all right when you're home. You could be out and have a stressful day at work and you can't wait to get home because there's something waiting for you at home. There's a peace. There is a joy of being home. Home is where everything lives. And what will cause one? I thought about that. Why would someone decide to leave their own safe place? And as I pondered over this, a message came to my mind, um, a message that I had heard in a youth camp a few months back. And the messenger that night had given us so many points and so many things that stuck with me. But there was one of them that stood out, and that was comfort kills. We as people and as human beings idolize the idea of comfort. Whatever we do, we want to make sure that we are comfortable doing it. We would inconvenience somebody else. That's the truth now. We would inconvenience somebody else just so that we could be comfortable. Now, with all that comfort that we're idolizing, it would be ideal that home will be the perfect place. The perfect place of comfort, a place where everything is 
and can be adjusted to your liking. But what 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 would cause you to go away from that? What would chase you away from such a place that everything is just right and available for you? What would cause that? And it's the simple concept of boredom. I know, right? I guess you were expecting something so drastic and and just so spiritual, but boredom. Boredom. Just plain old boredom. Everyone experiences it. Everyone goes through it. It happens to all of us. It happens to the best of us. It happens to the least of us. Boredom. We can become so complacent in our comfortableness that we allow the enemy, and there's a spiritual side to boredom that many people fail to realize and see. But we can become so complacent and comfortable in our comfort that we would allow the enemy to blind us into boredom. Now, boredom is a specific tactic of the enemy that dulls the actuality of things and causes us to become uncomfortable. Now, because we are uncomfortable now, we want to do something else. We want to go someplace else. In some cases, we want to be with somebody else. All because we became uncomfortable or bored. It is so sad to see and to look around and to see the people of God allowing the enemy to use his tactic. And it's just disheartening to know that people don't realize what the source of their boredom is. And we accept boredom as something that just happens in life. But really, boredom is only a first step in the plan of the enemy for your life. If he can get you bored, then he could wreak havoc in your life. Boredom. Hmm. Boredom, as I said, is the first step in Satan's plan. If he can get you bored and uncomfortable, he knows that you are willing to do something to fix that and to make yourself comfortable again. There's a saying that you would think will be in the Bible, but actually it's not. But there's a saying that says an idle mind is the devil's workshop. I know we've all heard that an idle mind is the devil's workshop. So boredom or idleness is what I like to call the gateway feeling. Just like alcohol and marijuana and all that people consider to be the gateway drug. In the spiritual realm, there is a gateway feeling. And that feeling is boredom. If the enemy can get you bored, then he can lead you into doing other things that you normally wouldn't do. And how many of you have been so bored to the point that you find yourself doing something out of the ordinary? Some people, they do things so out of the ordinary and so unlike their character that you would have to take a double look at them to make sure you're looking at the same person. And it could be from the most basic to the most extreme of things. But we would do something just out of the ordinary because we've gotten so bored. For example, 
if you've had the same haircut for a certain amount of time, you get bored. Doesn't matter how much you like it, you get bored and you decide to do something out of the ordinary and do something different because what you've had for all this time, yes, it's comfortable. Yes, you like it, but you like it to the point where you don't like it anymore. It's not that you don't like the hairstyle because you love the hairstyle, but you've just gotten so complacent, so used to it that you find yourself becoming bored and that you want to do something different to what some people would say, spice up their life. But all that is a result of boredom. And so in verse 12, we see that happening. The young man has it all. The servants, the money. The lavish lifestyle that so many people envy. You can say he's living on cloud nine. He's living in the abundance of everything that his father has worked for. But what happened? He got bored. Bored with the comfort that he was living in. His comfort was so comfortable that it became uncomfortable. Does that make sense? I'm going to say that again. His comfort was so comfortable that it became uncomfortable. How do we know that? Because in verse 12, he asks his father to give him his inheritance. Why would you ask for your inheritance if you are enjoying the current state of your comfort? I know I wouldn't ask for that. If I know I'm living a good life and I got worried about nothing, I would not sit there and ask my parents for my inheritance to go off somewhere because I'm enjoying my life as it is. But for the case of the young man, for the son, he wasn't. He became so uncomfortable in his surroundings. So what happened next? Step two in Satan's plan for your life. I hope you're getting this down. Step two. What happened next? Rebellion. That's the second step in Satan's plan. First, he gets you so bored with where you are and how your life is. And then he leads you into rebellion. Now, as harsh as the word may sound, rebellion does not have to come with force. Actually, most rebellions that happen on a day-to-day basis are not accompanied with guns and swords and yelling and riots and all that stuff that we tend to think. All rebellion is, is a turning away from one thing and going to another thing. When you come to Christ, you are rebelling against the kingdom of darkness. Our rebellion is a turning away from one thing to another thing. So that's what the young man did. He rebelled against his lavish lifestyle and all that his father had did for him. And he went out into the world. Why did he go out into the world? In search of comfort. The enemy will blind us sometimes into believing that we are better off in the world than at home. I'm going to say that again. The enemy will blind us sometimes into believing that we are better off in the world than at home. And for the believer, the secret place is our home. I'm talking to the believers now. For the believer, the secret place is our home. Now, what is a secret place? The Bible says in Psalms 91, He who dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. His shadow is our safe place. His shadow is our comfort. 
The Bible says in Psalms 23, 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. His presence comforts us. But if we don't keep our eyes open, we will allow the enemy to trick us into becoming bored with our relationship with Christ. You might say, is that even possible? Yes, it is. You find yourself becoming bored with your relationship with Christ. And once that happens and we don't wake up and realize what is happening, we tend and we end up rebelling against Christ. We end up rebelling. And you might say, well, I would never do that. How in the world can I rebel against my Savior, my oh-so-loving King? We rebel with our devotion, with our lifestyle. We pray less. We read the word less. We live our lives in complete disregard for the things of God. We grieve the spirit of God. And we don't live our lives in the word. That's how you can rebel against God. And become bored with your relationship with Christ. And once we rebel, we fall into a state of backsliding and apostasy. Why? Because our comfort with Jesus became uncomfortable. And I've experienced that in my own life. I got saved at the age of four. And all I know is Christ. And yes, I love him. Yes, I praise him. Yes, I sang in the praise team. Yes, I led worship. Yes, I preached. Yes, I went here to there proclaiming God. But. I became so complacent because that's all I know. Christ was home for me. Christ is home for me. That's all I know. Because home became all I know, I became complacent and I became bored in my walk with God. And so what happened? I prayed a little less. I read the word a little less. And everything just started drifting. And I had to wake up. I had to realize what state I was in, where I was heading, and where I came from. There has to be a point of realization in your life. You cannot keep going on the road that you are going without waking up and realizing where you are. You have to come to the point and the decision of, I am not where I used to be with God. You have to come to the realization of who you are going to walk with. And I had to come to that point. And when I made my decision that I was going all the way to Christ, you see, because I grew up in the church all my life, 
I didn't know how the outside world was. I didn't know how good I had it. I didn't know what God was protecting me from and shielding me from. But it took me actually drifting away, you can say. Drifting away. You can say I was right there at the edge of that cliff. It took me just tasting a little bit for me to see what I was doing. I had to learn God for myself. I grew up all my life in the church. And so I heard other people talk about their testimonies and how God had brought them out from the world and how God saved them and did this and did that. But I always told God, Lord, I don't understand. They've come out of something that I have no experience in. They've gone through things that I don't experience. How can I be an effective witness to people if I'm proclaiming something that I've never experienced? How can I leave a good review of a product and I haven't even used the product? So what happened? God allowed me to drift and drift and drift and drift until... I got a little taste of how the world really was and how good God had been for so many years. And I had to learn God for myself. Truly. I had to learn God for myself. I had to really understand. And so when I came to the decision of who I was going to serve, that's when I felt rebaptized again. Now I felt what other people were feeling. Now I felt the change. Now I could go and become an effective witness and talk to you right at this moment with the understanding and knowledge of what it means to return. Now I can tell you something because I've been through it. And yes, I may be young, but I've been through it and I've experienced it. And I realized that God, that Jesus, is so loving and that his word is true and that through all that you will go through his love will still be there and his grace and mercy is still going to be there waiting for you it doesn't matter how many times you say no he is still going to be knocking at the door of your heart hoping that one day you will change. But if we don't come to that realization and we continue down the road that we're going down and we continue to live our lives outside of the word of God, then we live in a state of rebellion and we go out into the world and we do what the young man did in Luke fifteen thirteen. We gather up our belongings. We go somewhere far away. And we waste our lives and waste our time with riotous living. Riotous meaning wild and unrestrained. And the enemy would really trick us into thinking that that is comfort. But it's not. We have to examine ourselves. Are we allowing the enemy to deceive us? Are we taking God's mercy for granted? Are we taking his grace for granted? Are we taking his relationship with us for granted?
Are we living a life of rebellion? It's time to be alert. It's time to be vigilant. It's time to wake up and see how our lives really are. Can I pray for you right now? Father God, you see and know all things. Father God, you know the hearts and minds of men. Father God, you stepped in our shoes. You know how it feels to be human. And Lord, I know that you even experienced boredom. So Father God, I ask that you will comfort every heart that's listening. Father God, let them have a renewed passion toward you. That we won't take your relationship with us for granted. Father God, help us to identify the attack and tactics of the enemy. That we will stand against him. No matter the cost. Your presence, O oh God, is so comforting. It's so renewing. It's so refreshing. Father God, I pray that we will experience that refreshing. You said in your presence, there is fullness of joy. God, I pray that we will experience that joy. That peace that you've promised us, O oh God, from the beginning of the world. Father God, let us experience that peace. I ask that you would touch every heart, every mind. Oh God, that they'll be able to understand where they are in you. And that God, that they will make the decision of who they will serve. We thank you for all these things. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Listen, if you were listening right now and you feel the call of God on your life and you feel that God is beckoning you to his own. Don't reject that. Instead, invite his presence into your life. If you know right now that you need Jesus to be your Lord and Savior of your life, talk to him. I'm not going to give you a prayer to pray because everyone is different. But just talk to him. Tell him all about your troubles. Tell him all about your worries. Invite him into your life. Ask him for forgiveness of your sins. Acknowledge that you are a sinner in need of saving grace. The Bible says that if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and that you will believe in your heart that he is risen from the dead, that the same shall be saved. All you have to do is confess and believe. That's all you have to do. Confess your sin to him. Tell him that you need him. Ask him to save you. And that is exactly what he would do. Well, you have been listening to Living Life in the Word, Returning Part 1, Comfort Kills. And feel free to go to our website, www.livinglifeintheword.blogspot.com. It's our blog, and you can find a bunch of articles and faith-filled things that will help you along your journey. Stay on the lookout for Returning Part 2, coming to you soon. Until next time, God bless you, God keep you. And remember to live each and every day of your life.